Hello, everyone, and welcome to Garden Gossip, the home and garden show, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Garden Gossip Show, which today is part of our first Thursday Travel to Larry series with the Sequoia Tourism Council. So Tulare County is in Central California, the foothills of uh, the Sierra Nevada mountain range. And it's also the backyard really is Sequoia National Park, Kings Canyon National Park, Sequoia mm. National Forest. Um, so it's a beautiful area, but it's also an incredibly massive agricultural hub. We're talking cheese and dairy and all those delicious things. Ice cream, summer's here. Um, but we're also yeah. talking about all kinds of crops from peaches and, uh, you know, almonds uh, to, oh, my gosh, amazing oranges and berries. We're also talking about flowers, too. So one of our favorite, favorite places that Nancy and I love to go to, when yeah. we go to Tulare mm -hmm. County, if we do not stop at Woodlake Botanical Garden and chat with Emmanuel and Olga and take a garden mm -hmm. stroll with them, like, no, that doesn't, that's not allowed. That doesn't occur. It's a must, must visit. And as you all know, Central California had a crazy winter with a lot of snowfall. Um, and now the snow is melting. So as we all know, Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks and Sequoia National Forest, Giant Sequoia National Monument, please go to their websites before you decide to just drive up there because there are still road closures um, with all the debris, especially post uh, fires. So the website to go to is discoverthesequoias.com. That will link you to all of the different communities, um, all the chambers and visitor centers and all of that, as well as the parks and the forest. So check that site out before you plan your visit, but definitely plan your visit because apparently Things are blooming and there's flowers, there's uh, berries and all kinds of good things happening. So we're so excited to have Manuel and Olga back on the show. Manuel, how are you? I'm doing really well, especially good. now that, that it's, uh, you know, we wanted rain and we got it. And now, you know, <laughs> as it starts to get warm, we want to start complaining now, not of the water, but of the warm weather. <laughs> so oh. uh, it's Sounds it's, good to me. It's always perfect, but we always find things to to uh, to minimize how perfect it is. I know, you know, that's just yeah. human nature. But that's human. I think yeah. the more we go and see flower power, the happier we are. And I know Olga has beautiful gardens um, that she's created inside uh, Woodlake Botanical Garden, and and you'll see there's Olga's garden, and she likes to use all kinds of whimsical garden art too, as I recall. I was like, Olga was here. You can walk through the garden and know where Olga was. Mm. So welcome back, Olga. How are you? Thank you very much for having us. We're hey, all enjoying is, this nice weather. It, mm. it sounds beautiful, you know, and so it's a little, it's still warm, but not as hot as it would be at this time of year, right? It seems like it's, you've got some nice balance, Olga, for, for the weather. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody is staying outdoors longer, tending to their home gardens, their yards. Everything is cool. just so beautiful. We just finished uh, getting rid of all our California poppies that were in the front yard. They bloomed so beautiful. I felt mm. like the sunshine was in my front yard every day. 
And awesome. now that we have removed the poppies, we have some sunflowers that were hiding in between the poppies, and they're uh-huh. a good surprise. Oh, that's sweet. Ooh. Well, I remember that was, you know, and I know the botanical garden has had some shifts of where the garden is on the property. And everyone, uh, Woodlake Botanical Garden is in Woodlake, in the community of Woodlake. It is a city. It's across from a big park. So it's a really good area to go take a walk. But it's also adjacent to uh, the lake, Bravo Lake. Um, they've got good ducks and geese in there and all kinds of good water birds that hang out there. But um, I know that at one point it stretched all the way around and then that became a Woodlake Rose Garden. And now because of some irrigation or piping, watery things, city stuff that we don't understand, um, we, we don't. Nancy and I can't, you know, we don't know what to do with pipes, you know, unless it's a giant straw well, and they give idea. us a margarita, then we know what to do. But with that kind of stuff, <laughs> we don't know. But um, so now that had to, that something had to happen there. So those rose gardens moved. But um, I heard uh, through the grapevine, because there's a lot of grapevines in your area <laughs> and in your backyard manual that you, you got some trees out of this deal. So uh, that's pretty cool that you got some trees. Did they get well, to go home? You know, uh, well, you know, the, the, what happened is that the, the rains, you know, naturally affected some plants and other plants really benefited. One of the, the, the ones that benefited the most were the larger plants, which are the trees and shrubs. So this year, mm. the trees mm. are more vigorous. Uh, they are they're just healthy. They're green. Uh, there's parts of the garden that we haven't had to water, you know, because we get seepage from the lake. But nice. the lawns in that area are perfectly green. Uh, and, of course, the, the fruit is bigger than normal because just all the water we got, it was just enough to feed the trees, but not too much to damage the roots. However, the, we did have annuals. We planted in the fall, we planted about three or 4,000 plants in the east side that, where we get a lot of seepage. And all those plants uh, drowned. You know, they, they died. So oh, uh, now wow. we're having to wait for the soil to we're waiting for the soil to dry to replant. Wow. Um, but anyway, overall, it, it, the rains were very, very good. Uh, you know, we really can't complain because mm-hmm. the flowers, you know, they, they they probably were the most, be- the rose garden was mo- the most beautiful it has been. The uh, the trees are, they're, they're really uh, showing uh, vigor. And so mm-hmm. uh, some of the natives, of course, died also because they're not used to having so much water at their feet. Mm-hmm. But um, but overall, it, 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 the rains were good, and and the gardens uh, uh, are are probably healthier and greener than they have been in, in years past. Yeah, wow. there's always going to be someone who had to take the fall, which is sad. But I think California as a whole, you know, I you know we're all bummed about the parks and the forest areas, you know, closures. But Mother Nature wants to restore and heal, and I think it's it's mm-hmm. something we're all going to have to get used to. I mean, Nancy and I have been. You know, we travel full time on our Love Your Park store across the country. And, you know, everywhere we went, everyone's like, this is not normally like this this time of year. And we're like, yeah. I know, like, we didn't think we would be in like all this feet of snow. Thank you. And ice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, can we go to California? Then friends in California are like, no, you don't want to right now. Like everybody was everybody was going through something. And. I mean, we're having tornadoes and different things in places that didn't normally get it. So it's just Mother Nature is reclaiming and and healing, healing. I like to look at it as she's healing. She knows what she needs. And 
us humans mm -hmm. are going to have to keep doing more of a balancing act of coexistence. And I think that is probably the most favorite thing about Woodlake Botanical Garden is not only do you show what you can grow at your home if you're in the local and for visitors to know what can grow, uh, to eat, for flowers, that kind of thing. But you have a really good way of getting kids and people to connect with nature mm -hmm. to maybe not be afraid of that. What Wouldn't you say that, Manuel? It's Sometimes there's a fear of nature, but gardens are a good way in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Olga it works really close with the kids. And so what, what, what's been nice is that as the gardens evolve, you know, uh, the kids that are working, of course, it, it makes more work because the weeds grow faster also, just like the plants. <laughs> so there's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But what's really nice is that, especially this year, as a lot of kids from the past, I mean, the kids that were working with us 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, come to the gardens, they're amazed wow. that it's so much more beautiful. It's so nice. And, and you know, the garden has evolved over the last couple of years. You know, you know we started doing some things three years ago. Uh, now, you know, the, the payoff is that, you know, those, those plants and those uh, uh, structures that mm. we put in are really uh, uh, making the garden just, you know, making it go to the next level. So it's very nice. Mm. That's this nice. is awesome. Mm -hmm. Olga, for visitors coming in, you both really do. I mean, last time we saw you both, you know, it was very hard to take a walk with either of you without everybody, you know, wanting to be part of that conversation. So we all behaved. No, I'm kidding. But it was but that's the beauty of it is that um, it seems that no matter where anybody comes from, the two of you and then the volunteers at the garden will stop and have these conversations. Do you think that's a big part of what you do, Olga, at the garden is is that oh, communication and teaching. De definitely, definitely. Because no matter how busy I am, I always want to make sure that they feel welcomed and somebody conversed with them or showed them a, or answered their questions. Mm. And uh, I just remember going to a place and they were tending to their place and they didn't look up to acknowledge me. So I felt like, should I be here or not? Yeah. So oh. I told the children, you greet the people as they come in and you make them feel welcome. You know, if you're yeah. blowing the path, stop blowing dirt in their face, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just acknowledge that somebody's around and you need to put your equipment aside. And I, I feel that the, Every age group, no matter if it's a tiny baby, a toddler, uh, new parents, uh, middle-aged people, people our age, or elderly people, they all appreciate that you take the time to converse with them. And they have mm. so much to share with you. Ooh. It's a give and take. At the garden, it's more like a give and take. And mm -hmm. sometimes Manuel teases me and he says, what do you talk so much about? <laughs> and I always tell him, you'd be surprised. You know, you well, change a recipe or you, you ask, they ask you, why do your roses grow so beautiful here? And we can't get them to grow in Texas like this. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, they like the heat that the Central Valley yeah. provides them. Mm -hmm. I said, don't go put a rose in the shade because it will not be the same as a rose in the full sun. Mm -hmm. True. You know, and I have a I sister learned. that says, that says to me, why does every plant have to say full sun? I go, because 
you better listen to the instructions or it'll die on you. Mm. Yeah, I I learned like in one house that we lived in, I put roses against a corner wall. So there's two walls and it was hot. I mean, this is in 29 Palms in California. And oh, the wow. roses were, no, the, the roses were like, no, get us out. Get us. They, they, <laughs> they, they're, but they were half shaded. So I thought it would be good, but the walls got so hot. I didn't realize yeah. how exactly. hot walls get, how mm-hmm. much heat they radiate and what they do to plants. So as I like, oh, I learned. Yeah, but, I learned. Yes, but, but the more plants to have in your garden, the healthier your the garden better. is going to be. And the yeah. cooler, the more, the better your home will be. And that's the thing. You're saying the give and take, Olga, when we went there, I mean, it's every every time we go there, it's conversations with the two of you and then also the volunteers mm. and learning you always learn something in the garden but you're slowed down and I think that's something for visitors right now I, I want them to know go to the garden you know you're gonna you, you want to go see the giant sequoias they do have some other areas where you can experience the giant sequoias so still plan your trip to Tulare County mm-hmm. um, there's all kinds of places and even downtown Visalia has a sequoia tree um, but really, go go and find out because to me, it's mind blowing what you can grow in the valley. Yeah. I mean, really going from, you know, sunflowers you, like you were talking about and poppies to mm-hmm. artichokes to berries, which we need to talk about all the way up, up the hill. Or I should say the little hill of the Sierra Nevadas. Suddenly you have the big the biggest living organism <laughs> by volume, the tree, the sequoia tree. Mm-hmm. That's pretty mm-hmm. incredible. Manuel, how many, how many plant species do you think? Well, I know on the agricultural and flower side, that's going to be massive besides the, the native plants. I mean, the biodiversity, the plant diversity of the valley all the way up into this, the foot, the, the Sierra foothills and up to the top has got to be one of the greatest in the world really when you think uh, about it yes yes it is and and the weather you know it has been it's conducive to be able to grow a lot of things that you normally don't grow for example mm-hmm. you know we even though we're growing crops that you wouldn't think would grow in in this part of california we grow a lot of tropicals and like guavas mangos papayas mm-hmm. longan you know just a lot of these crops and they grow very healthy and so um you know, people would ask me in years past, you know, well, how do you grow one of these trees? Like, for example, guava. Well, the weather has actually changed because we used to have to cover the guavas every year. And it's been mm. six years since the last time we covered them and they produce very, wow. very well. In fact, the trees that are inside our, our hoop house, which is sort of a passive gr- a greenhouse, they set less fruit because it's too warm in there through the winter. And outside, wow. they produce a full crop, which is amazing. You would think that the ones in the greenhouse would grow better, but they don't. Sometimes they they produce very little fruit because the weather is just too uniform. Whereas outside, they they, they also need chill. But in, in the gardens, out. you know, we have, yes. In, in the gardens, uh, this year, for example, with the cool weather, the cherries produce an uh, uh, abnormal amount of cherries. So the trees are full of cherries. The apricots, the trees that hadn't produced in the past, produced a lot of fruit this year. Um, the peaches set well. The apric- the plums that normally, some varieties that like pluots and plum cuts that don't normally set a lot of fruit, set a lot of fruit this year. So 
So in the gardens, we have over 200 varieties of, of stone fruit. And as they become mm-hmm. ripe, you know, the public is encouraged to taste the fruit there in the gardens. The only thing mm-hmm. we don't allow is for people to take fruit out so that more people can taste in the gardens. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we do have all the gardens. And then, of course, we have the vegetables that are there for exhibition. So we have a lot of vegetables that are integrated with the other gardens. And also we have vegetable patches where we put patches of, of cold crops or patches of tomato varieties and so on. So there's mm. a lot of things to look at and there's a lot of things to taste. Mm. It, I wanted to go because you have bananas. And I thought that was like, what? Yes, you know, do. that was one of the things that blew my mind when we first, the very first visit years ago. And yeah. we, we, you know, we pets it as we travel the country. So we're in all these gardens across the country, which is fascinating Amazing. to just, you know, to see, I think everybody wants Japanese maples that that seems to be like a, a very popular plant in a lot of areas. Yeah. Um, and it is beautiful. Um, but banana trees are friends out in Peachtree City outside in, in outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So Atlanta, that area has some weird and wacky weather. It could be sunshiny, hot, all the way to freezing, to rain, till mini tornadoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. We we've been through some interesting weather out there, and it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. But one night we're sleeping, we hear these bang, 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 and we're like, "What the heck, man? I thought this was a safe neighborhood. What's going on?" Well, the banana trees, because they have banana trees, exploded from the frost. If they exploded. From all the water, they literally exploded. And they said that that has happened to them like maybe two or three years, two two or three times over the last 20, 30 years kind of thing. It it happens when it gets that real, you know, snap. Have you ever had that happen? I, I couldn't imagine it, but the way the weather is, I've, I was just curious to see if you've had a banana tree explode on you. Yeah, in the last decade, of course, it really hasn't frozen like it did in the ni- in 1990 when it dropped to the teens. But we rarely get into the teens. And normally we would have, you know, 30 days of, of, uh, of temperatures below 32. But recently we haven't had any days below 32. Oh, wow. So, you know, th- yeah. so bananas have never exploded on us. But, you know, we understand why they would explode because they have so much water in the trunks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. they're very, very heavy, too, when you cut them. So we, 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 you know, they would naturally, what happens is the water expands inside those trunks and no mm-hmm. place to go but to, to rupture. And so that makes yeah. sense that they would explode. Yeah. Well, I know because people think oh, I'm nuts. I tell people, we, we heard banana trees like explode. They're like, no, oh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it happened. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. happened. That's it's crazy. Really weird. So for visitors coming from out of state that are just, you know, exploring the area and wanting to see sequoia trees and go up and do nature i really want to encourage them to go to the garden so you know from each of you let's let's talk about one like one highlight for right now you know summer um or easing into summer depending on where you live everybody's different but let's start with you olga what is something you want someone from out of town to experience and then let's look at somebody from in town that you want to experience someone from california to experience in the garden and i'll go to you manuel in the same question um it's it's a mediterranean climate to begin with right Mm -hmm. so we can actually grow dates and people are in awe about that i didn't know that um, Hmm. yeah we can grow we can we have these two beautiful 
date trees and they're the best uh, date. It's uh, Majul. But yeah. through the mm-hmm. years, Manuel has been able to prune it and harvest. But now the date trees, or uh, there's two of them, they're uh, out of his reach. So mm-hmm. now the raccoons get to have them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, there's, so, so we have wildlife that, that thrives on what we have out here. The so cool. Pakistani mulberry drops its berries, and you know there's evidence that the wildlife has been through there. Mm. They come out when we're not there. They come in the evening where it's peaceful and no mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and well, they I, I, I feel I feel like I feel like uh, we are feeding uh, not just the the tourists that come through, but we're also feeding the wildlife, and that's mm. a very very good feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's important because if you don't feel the why, if you know, this is a whole circle. If you look at the earth, it's a circle, it's a sphere, and everything's connected to everything else. And when you start removing parts, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. So it's important that we don't forget about our wildlife and our birds and our, our reptiles. They all need to be there, even insects, even though you don't like them sometimes mm-hmm. in your house. They need mm-hmm. to be there because they pollinate. You know, they help pollinate the flowers, and we really need everybody to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not up to us to say, oh, let's eradicate this whole sphere of beings. Let's get rid of all. For example, all the wolves, because people are scared of wolves. Let's just get rid of them. No, that's wrong. It's mm-hmm. absolutely wrong. Mm-hmm. Is that something you Uh-oh. teach with the kids that, <laughs> that garden with you is the web of life and teach them, you know, about oh, yeah. the importance of spiders and butterflies mm-hmm. and birds, that kind of thing? Yes, because they need to know that good bugs eat the bad bugs. So yeah. you don't want to off-balance things. And yeah. they could see a, a tarantula hawk spider flying around and they start screaming and saying, oh, it's going to bite me. It's going to bite me. I said, don't swing your hands. It's not going to yeah. bother you. It's going to go find nectar and it's going to feed. And mm-hmm. But if you start swinging your hands and and you become a threat, just pretend they're not around. And they, they don't even see you. They're busy collecting yeah their nectar or their pollen or moving around and just doing like the robins that come through there after the rains. Oh my gosh. I've never seen so many robins just Mm -hmm. eating worms the whole time, the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when Manuel turns up the ground, there comes the birds and they're Mm going to eat anything that came up. I Mm -hmm. go, wow, Manuel, they're very intelligent. They wait till you dig it up. Yeah, they they're not going to dig it up unless work. they have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're all sitting there like in the trees. Manual, manual, come on. Yes. yes. <laughs> manual, for you, what, what do you want someone from out of town to experience in the garden? Well, you know, what, what people come and they tell us most often is that there's a serene feeling that they get when they're in the gardens, you know, because just mm-hmm. the numbers of birds, the birds are happy. They're singing. You know, we do not use uh, pesticides. We rarely use uh, a, uh, a herbicide only when in, to spot treated locations. But our, 
you know, our mission is to uh, to protect all the wildlife, whether they be bugs that we that we normally appreciate or we don't. You know, people like bees, but they're afraid of wasps. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, the garden is actually an island, and we want people to know that. You know, the garden is actually open only three days, which is Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And often people ask, why are the gardens closed the other four days? Well, mm-hmm. over the years, the numbers of species have actually, some of the species have disappeared because, you know, as we get more traffic or walking around the lake and going through the gardens. Mm-hmm. For example, quail are no longer there. Pheasant are no longer oh. there. The oh. fox still visit us. There's possums there. There's raccoons. All these animals that come out at dusk, you know, that, that feed on all the things that fall on the ground. Often people complain about, you know, the fruits falling on the ground is not doing any good. Well, yes, it does. You know, of course, mm-hmm. we're giving priority to people to taste all the fruit that's there. But also, it, it's really providing a food source for the wildlife that exists in the garden. And as they dry, they even are eating, feeding on that fruit. You know, we know they are because we look at their uh, fecal piles and we can see the grape seeds. We see the cherry seeds. Of This mm-hmm. is dry fruit. Even grapes that are mm-hmm. turned to raisins, they eat them and then... Like right now, we see them eating mulberries uh, because we know that the fox and we know that the raccoons and others are eating the mulberries because mm-hmm. when they drop their feces, they, it's, you can see the seeds. And so we're really happy to see that, you know. And um, so the complement, for example, we have every single in, uh, bad bug that you can imagine in agriculture and <laughs> all our plants there. But we also have a corresponding of a population of all mm. the beneficials that you would not even expect to be there, whether they be really small, small wasps or flies or other insects, you know, ground beetles that eat the bugs that walk on the ground. There's everything is there. So Wood, the Woodlake Botanical Garden is actually a source of natural uh, biology mm. that doesn't exist in many locations, you know, and I can guarantee that, you know, the, from the west side of the valley to the east mm-hmm. side, there's very few places like the garden that have mm-hmm. so many species of uh, of insects as well as birds and everything else that's there. And so, you know, I would, you know, often the farmers, we're, I, I work with farmers almost all my life, and we're, we always complain about things. And so, mm-hmm. but we never have thought about creating large islands big enough that would supply sufficient land and and food and and habitat for all those things that need to be here. And so when you mm-hmm. go to the west side and you see tens of thousands of acres of whatever, tomatoes mm-hmm. and cotton and, and wheat, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, those monocultures are, you oh. know, they're, they're great to make money and great to, for, for efficiency and production. But in terms of longevity and for the sustainability of this, this area, we need everything. Mm, Whether yeah, we consider it bad or, or good, yes, it's yeah. for the better. And so yeah. the one thing I would like people to know is that, you know, there there are not many places that have the diversity that we have there. Mm-hmm. It's taken years to, to build it up. And we think now, for example, we'll get a bug. We some, like For example, in citrus, we'll get caught in a cushion scale. And it looks so bad because it, it just, uh, they attack the entire tree and it's sticky and cottony. In one mm-hmm. season, by the next season, it'll be clean. Because mm-hmm. we get Vidalia beetles, we get other insects that feed on those things and clean them up. Last year, we had some citrus trees that had mealybugs. Well, you know, we didn't see many mm-hmm. uh, mealybug destroyers and other uh, beneficials, but guess what? The tree, those trees that had it last year are now clean. So mm-hmm. it rotates, and you know, so we're always going to have those bad bugs there. But to, to, to have the good bugs, 
have to have their food source, which is the bad bugs. Right. <laughs> and right. So well, I think it's just that's... one of those things that we try to educate the kids and the public about that, you know, for example, people are saying, well, I use this chemical to kill the aphids and the roses. Uh-uh. Well, it's, it's actually a long process because we allow the weeds, the grasses to grow in the winter. Aphids go through the grasses mm. and soon to follow are the beneficials mm. like ladybird beetles, uh, yeah. uh, surface flies, mm-hmm. uh, these parasitic wasps that attack them. And then when, they, when the roses start uh, to emerge and, and, and set uh, buds, Immediately, they get rose aphids, but a different species, but already there's a huge population of the beneficials that just jump on them and clean them up. So people just have to be patient, you know, be patient with with nature, because it'll take care Mm -hmm. of it. It does always. It always does. I think that's the beauty about going to the garden. Like you say, people slow down. And that's the point Mm -hmm. is um, to be able to slow down. And that's the lesson of, of gardens is patience. And, you know, I love gardens because I, to me, it's like walk the garden every morning, see what's going on. Then you want to see how it's doing midday. Then you want to see mm-hmm. how it's doing at the end of the day. I want to see what's going on. Like I talk to the plants. I know I'm weird, but it's exciting to see the little bits of growth or maybe, hey, somebody needs water over here or, or whatever you can do. But you also get to know, like when you go to a place like, you know, Woodlake Botanical Garden, mm. um, like you'll, you'll start to know. So if you love bird watching, definitely go. Oh, this is awesome. a, a beautiful place. Awesome. But you'll start to know where the birds nest. And, you know, I don't know, you, you the gardens get you reconnected to nature. And yes. it's, it's just you a know, beautiful place to go for that. Yes. We have, for example, a, 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 a a uh, Pakistani mulberry tree that's in, in full fruiting right now. And do you know that, that we have a group, uh, a, a, I don't know, a, a, flock, a flock of, of uh, grackles and a, and, and a number of other species like Orioles that make, put in several nests just to feed on the, that tree. So when they're young right now, we can see the young, they're all feeding on, on the berries. Oh. And it's a nice source for them. So if you look at our bamboo uh, areas, there may be 10 nests of grackles there. In the same wow. place, there might be like five or six oriole nests and one bush, you know, one, uh, of course, these are big bamboos and a small bamboo. But they, they awesome. come to the garden because there's something there that they like a whole bunch. And in this mm-hmm. case, you know, the, the grackles are eating in, in the, they're mating, they make the nest, they mate, and then as as the the fruit is coming on, that's when their babies start emerging. And oh. night right now, they're mm. they're showing their babies the the fruit and they're feeding them fruit. That's so really nice. Oh, oh no! You know, when we lived in Yuma, they had a white fly invasion. Like they talked yes. about it forever. Like this white fly that just covered like it was somebody called them all up and said, "Hey, come on over," and they just invaded. All the crops, and it's because yes, of the they had to balance it out. Yeah, yeah, no, they, and they learn to balance it out. You can't just have monoculture; it doesn't work that well. Well, I don't think there's like mass monoculture because it's so diverse. I think, isn't it two hundred to three hundred co- crops that are um, grown in the valley? Is it two to three hundred? Yes, yes, something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's... there's a lot of yeah. There's yeah. The, the the diversity in in the east side is extremely high. Yeah, because you have you know if you think about one crop, you know, just like citrus, where there are not dozens but hundreds of varieties of citrus that are actually besides the commercial varieties, there's many citrus that are planted. 
when you think about stone fruit, there are hundreds of varieties of stone fruit that are out there. There's some predominant varieties, of course, because of marketing, but there's all mm-hmm. kinds of, of, uh, of fruit that's out there and, and vegetables and, uh, and plants, you know, even the, the, even the plants that are in the neighborhood in people's home gardens, they have a, a good impact on what happens in the area. So mm-hmm. yeah, that diversity helps a whole bunch. How many plants do you think you have in the garden? Because I mean, it's a it's a decent walk. Once you walk in through the the entryway, I mean yeah. that you can if you want to walk and have a beautiful walk every day. This is a good place to do it, right? And for health reasons, yeah, it, I mean, with beauty and, and, the entire, and there's a lake, yeah. you know. Yes, the entire garden is one mile long. The lake that is adjacent. Uh, mm-hmm. to the the garden is three and a half miles uh, uh, long mm-hmm. to go around. Uh, so, yes, there's, there's plenty to walk there. And, you know, uh, I think that's what people like about it, that even when we have a lot of people, they spread out in the garden so it's not so close because it is, it's, uh, it, even though it's just 14 acres, it's a long 14 acres. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, so do you think, like, I mean, you've got vegetables, flowers, berries, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trees. Yeah, we have, for example, grasses. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we have, you know, uh, like, you know, Olga can tell you that we have like uh, 130 varieties of roses. We used to have over 200 what? varieties of roses before, yes. But we have about, wow. uh, uh, and, and of course, we had about close to 4,000 roses. Now we probably have close to 2,000 only. But, but uh, you know, just the numbers of roses, uh, like the stone fruit, like I mentioned earlier, we have about uh, uh, probably close to 200 varieties of stone fruit. We have 80 varieties of, of citrus. We have wow. uh, we try to plant all the vegetables at one point or another. We have a lot of annual flowers that we put in. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. a common man's garden. It's not like anything really, you know, most botanical gardens have really exotic things to show you what you can plant from other uh, zones yeah. or other parts of the yeah. world. Our garden is, it's a very, it's a common garden for, you know, just people, you know. This, they, it's like a demonstration garden. Grow. Yeah. So if you yes, live there, exactly. and, and I think for visitors who want to know what grows in the area that they're visiting, it's a really good thing. That's but awesome. Olga, I mean, we, you, I know you talk to the people and the kids that you're teaching and they're volunteering. Um, do you talk to the plants because you've got so much diversity going there saying, come on, everyone's going to get along now. You know, so-and-so is going to stay on this side because they want wet feet. The roses are going to go over here. Oh, they boy. don't like you guys have to talk to all the plants. So everybody's cozy. So, you know, uh-huh. and, and it, because that's the thing with a garden is about, is, you know, you, you want the diversity, but you have to put them in the right place. So they get along. Oh, yes. I want to tell you a story. When I go prune the roses, instead of bending down and and uh, getting my back tired, I'll just sit in between four roses and I'll deadhead and clean and pull weeds at the same time and just pivot around. And then you see a little toad over here that distracts you or um, a hummingbird. And it, 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 you're just in touch with nature mm-hmm. and you just in another realm just a calm soothing environment I'm that meditative. you don't you don't yes that you don't get to have unless your hands are in the soil and your mind is just quiet so so next mm-hmm. time we see you and i want to ask this for anybody coming in because you know there's so many of us who love gardening and 
I mean, there's something about you've got to get your hands in the soil, being barefoot in the soil. There's all of that. It's grounding. It, it's good mm-hmm. for our bodies. And June, everybody, and this show is airing on June 1st, it kicks off National um, out, the Great Outdoors Month. And so what better way than to start gardening, right? So if somebody wants mm-hmm. to volunteer and come play in the garden, and I, and I know there's work involved, but I still think it's play. Um, it's play. Would you let them? Would you let mm-hmm. people come and help in the garden? Like next time Nancy and I come see you, can we? Oh yes. do some work. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we always welcome volunteers, and we uh, always let them know that we have all the tools. You don't have to bring any tools. We even have gloves for you, and all you got to do is bring your long sleeves, come in your long pants, and wear a, a hat. And bring your bottled water and just take your time. You know, if you're up in age, don't be bending down and deadheading. You know, pick the tall roses. You know, stay upright. There's there's all kinds of work to be done. You can like deadhead that. roses or you can pull weeds or you can... Um, hmm. Other it's things like raking, raking, just, just anything that you can physically do. Mm-hmm. We don't require anybody to do something they can no longer do. Mm. And uh, to me, it's, it's, it's helping them. They're helping us, but it's also beneficial for them. Well, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. For I sure. mean, I'm, uh, next time we come through, I'm coming to work. And Manuel, okay. I don't know if you're cool with this, but apparently I'm really good at digging holes. So if you need any oh, holes, uh, that's, that's, I must have been okay. a grave digger in my Can previous just, life no, or something. Seriously, when, I, I'm, we had I'm our, when, we, when we had our house in 29 Palms and we were planting all these plants, I'd say to Lisa, okay, we have like this plant and it's in a pot, like a two quart thing, like dig a hole and we need a little more room than where the plant is now so it can feel free to grow, right? I come yeah. out and it was like a ditch. Like, what the I heck? don't know. I enjoy <laughs> it. It's like, she's like. Meditative. Like, I like being outside like working. A, she's like, not a four foot hole. I'm like looking for a foot and a half by a foot and a yeah. half. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like mm-hmm. four feet. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Good. I'm you just know? saying, if you need holes mm-hmm. to be dug, I, I'm, I'm, I'm your dig. person. I do. Likes- I do. I was a grave digger. I really do believe so, like way back in my previous life. I don't know. But I think it just feels good to be outside and working. Yeah. Because, you know, the wildlife takes time to relax when it's too hot. They they go and have their siesta in the, you know, in the mm-hmm. midday and they know. And it's and like, you know, but, and, and when they're working, you're working. Everybody's kind of doing, they're working for their food. And that's the mm-hmm. cool thing. And so you're helping. And it's like, everybody's in this unison thing. It's really cool. And I think during COVID, um, a lot of people started to get lonely being trapped inside a house and not being out in nature. And more and more people are working from home. This is a way to get outside and not feel so alone. And plants don't talk back. They're far kinder. They're like animals, like dogs are far nicer sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it's, it's a good thing. Um, manual berries, berry tasting, what's going on with that? Because normally it's earlier. Uh, you have this event, um, every year, but this is it. Yes. Everybody it's June 10th. You have an event. 
Yes, we do. Normally, we have that event Memorial Weekend, which is this week. Uh, but this year, you know, because of the cool weather and the rains, everything just got postponed. You know, we had a late bloom and then we haven't had real hot weather. So there, it's, it, there's a lag period of about two to two, three weeks on, on many of the crops. Uh, blueberries are behind too. For example, our blueberries are uh, just beginning to turn color. Normally, they're uh, almost fully ripe right now. So, you know, we mm. we wouldn't have had any any local berries had we had the event uh, this weekend. So June 10th is the day that, we're, that we've decided to uh, have that event. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing how people, you know, with our Facebook page, we put that out and we got 30,000, uh, we reached 30,000 people. And it, it's awesome. amazing, you know, how people uh, are excited about that. We've never made contact with that many people. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're hoping that we'll have enough fruit for those that do come. Because usually we'll get, you know, at, you know, well, a, a large crowd for us would be like 1,200, you know, 1,400 people. Wow, Sometimes that's a little lot. smaller. But, that is you know, a lot. But uh, the reach of the, the Facebook page has really increased. And we see a lot of people just anxious, you know, to bring their kids uh, uh, to taste the berries. So this mm. year, like always, you know, we'll have a collection of raspberries, uh, mm. of raspberry varieties, a collection of strawberries, a collection mm. of blackberries, a collection of yeah. blueberries. And then wow. anything else that might be ripening there in the gardens. But, you know, we, we bring in local berries from local growers. And then also Driscoll is a big donor of fruit because they, they oh, have cool, a yeah. really good, yeah, they have a real good breeding program and have some of the best uh, of all these fruits. So they'll bring a big portion of the fruit and we will uh, set it up so that people can taste them. But mm. uh, it, it's, a really, it's a real good family event. Um, we have, uh, you know, most of the places where they'll be getting their fruit will be shaded we'll have tents and it's spread over, you know, probably three quarters of a mile. So, you know, we try not to crowd everybody in one location, but um, it is, uh, uh, the weather is supposed to be very likely. I, look, I did look at the 10 uh, day forecast. It looks at like it'll be around 90 or the low nineties, which is um, warm, but not as hot as it's been some Mays. We actually had events with 105 degrees <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. really hard on people, yeah. especially the yeah. elderly and children. But you know, we, we right now the weather forecast is so that it's gonna it is gonna be warm, but you know we'll have water there for people, and um, uh, we look forward to seeing especially the kids, you know, because the smiles and you know the the expressions that they show when they're feeding on that fruit, because they're not gonna get it any mm-hmm. better than they're gonna get it here. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure. okay. I'm 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 in, man. I you know mm-hmm. it just. I just thinking of fresh berries, like when it tastes really good, it just, it, yeah, there's so nothing cool. like it. Right. And, and fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. I remember last time we saw you, we got that, that beautiful bag of oranges. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Mimosas. Here we went. <laughs> mm-hmm. Delicious, yeah. But also for on the road, you know, it keeps, you know, oranges and just, and getting something fresh, just really, really mm-hmm. fresh. Is a it makes deal. all the difference. And, you know, really and we does. travel the country and I tell people, you know, there are, food deserts in our country where people are not yeah. getting food that is truly fresh, you know, and that makes all the difference in the world to getting your kids and excited about eating fruits and vegetables. They get excited if they're actually being part of a place like Wood Lake Botanical Garden or your backyard, um, if they're in it. But um, when it's fresh, it tastes so much better. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to eat a can of green beans. Ew. <laughs> Nobody wants canned beans. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Nobody wants yeah. canned peas. Careful. No. 
we yeah. want we want it freshly picked you know and and i think that's this whole other thing for people going to tulare county is to go to the gardens there's other places like woodlake uh, not woodlake uh, ivanhoe um there's farmer bobs where you can see how the citrus are done and you can go to farm stands farmers markets it's something yes, I, I will, take your yes, kids I to say, you know yeah we we will have some information on some of the local farms but you know there are many fruit stands uh, in Tulare County. And so, you know, people just come to visit, you know, they can just go some of the, not the highways, but of course the, the, the you know, the, uh, the, the main thoroughways and, and there's fruit stands everywhere. So they, at this time of the year, there'll be nectarines, peaches, plums, apricots, uh, citrus. There's just so many things that are fresh. And, you know, it's not like when I say fresh, I'm not talking about cool. I'm talking about, just harvested and and yeah. crispy and delicious. Yes, mm. there's a big difference. If you go to the store and you buy a nectarine that's been sitting in cold storage in in, in Chile for three months, <laughs> exactly. And then you try one of these fruits here; it's a total different world of taste. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So yeah. when they come, you know, we encourage people to not only visit us but also uh, visit the local uh, uh, fruit stands that are out throughout Tulare and Fresno counties. Mm. Mm. And when when you have this fruit that's freshly picked like that, that you know when things are in a cooler for too long, like I can tell you what happens to avocados mm-hmm. by it gets this mm-hmm. like stop refrigerating <laughs> avocados. I've got a thing against it because it becomes mm-hmm. this mealy kind of grainy right. kind of texture that is not it's not normal, and they do it's it to right. the apples. Where all of a sudden you bite into the apple and it's like, what happened? What happened to the crisp? It looked crisp. It, you know, when you bought, uh, no, no, it's just not the same. I did want to ask you though, because of the tropical side of things that you're able to grow, have you ever done dragon fruit? Have you mm. ever tried we, we growing? We tried before and, and we just got gifted a couple of plants that we're going to try again. You know, cool. the, the dragon fruit, one of the problems Difficult. with it is that it, even though it's a plant that loves heat, it doesn't love too much heat and it doesn't doesn't like too much cold. So the winter is too cold and the summer is too hot. And so for the the plants to, for example, San Diego is warm, but not as hot as the the central Valley. So they can grow dragon fruit. Yeah. 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 Vista. Uh, I remember an exotic fruit guy in in Vista, California. Yeah. It's it's a touchy, it's a touchy, touchy plant. It's very finicky and I don't like this and I don't want It's delicious though. It is. I do have a friend in San Diego who's a farm advisor for the University of California. uh, And Mm -hmm. he uh, has been working on dragon fruit for many years. And there are successful farmers in the San Diego area. Mm -hmm. If somebody, you know, uh, is thinking about visiting the place with with the, the dragon fruit there are fields of it oh ooh, mm. what about your artichokes because last time we were there you guys and there's some things absolutely gorgeous i oh, think yeah. artichokes are one of the most beautiful plants are they related they to are, thistles uh, are they are thistle right yeah they are the thistle. thistle yes they are thistle and right now you know of course dinosaurs we don't, we don't harvest the artichokes because we want the children to see the artichokes on the plants but now is mm-hmm. the bloom period. So they're starting to bloom and they are ex- absolutely magnificent. They're beautiful. Oh, I, think they're, purple, I think they're red. dinosaurs. They were mm-hmm. plants yeah. there when they died. <laughs> because they just look like they were there when dinosaurs were here. They, yeah, they were underwater too. <laughs> Everything was Sorry, underwater. Then somehow, when I look at them, I'm like, dude, you were there when the Tyrannosaurus Rex but, was hungry. 
Oh, Olga, <laughs> do you do any plants that are like cactus and, and things like that, that people can learn how to eat? Like I learned how to cook the other day, finally, after many really stupid tries. No, I did uh-huh. good. I learned how to make chamay, cook chamayo, chamayo, chamayo. Uh-huh. I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Chamayo. C-H-I-M-A-Y-O. Chimeo, it's like a squash, a green squash. And I don't know. Well, I tried to boil it before, and I don't know what I did, but it was not good. But then I I grilled the other one. You know what they're talking about, right, Olga? Chimeo? the one that they... uh, How do we pronounce it? It's like a pear. It's like a green pear. It's a vegetable. It's a chimeo, and it's a chimeo, and it's... Yeah, like you know, and, and so it's, it's chamoy. That's it. See, you got it. You know, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, you grow? You things know, I've like never. That? Oh. I think <laughs> we tried one time. I think it's not easy. No, no. Well, it, but it it is delicious if it's done well. Yes. But it takes time. Mm-hmm. But the, okay, the, now the one. The Go one ahead. plant that we do we do have is is the cactus. I thought you were going to tell me you tried nopales. Yeah. Nopales, oh yummy! Mm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you do that? Do you do that at all? Yeah, we no? do. Yes, we and do. We have them in yes, the garden. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh. So yeah. what is I it? thought that's what you were experiencing. You yeah, were no, no, chayote. Oh, chayote. Oh, chayote. Yeah. Oh, now I'm realizing that I have had. Two different plants going the whole time. Yeah, chayote is so. Chayote is not the same as a chim, what's chimayo? chimayo, is, chim, no, chimayo is a place in, Chima- in New Mexico. Oh, chayote. No, chimayo, yeah, no, I see. I didn't know how to say chimayo either. Chimayo is up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, north of Santa Fe. Um, yeah, it's a chayote. You've got it right. Now, See, this is why we need Manuel and Olga. (laughs) It's chayote. That's it. That's it. It's yeah. But I I didn't know what to do with with it before. I thought I had to peel it. No, you don't. It's really good. So I've never, yeah, that that was my new thing, chayote. Yeah, people use the 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 I want to call it the vegetable. They use it in soups, like chicken soup. Mm-hmm. Or beef soup, and it's really good tasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just cut yeah. it in fours, or or you know, it's got a mm-hmm. good taste to it. Mm-hmm. I I thought I did okay. You know, I'm still learning. I'm always <laughs> good. learning. Good. But you know, do something new. Now Nepalis. So doing the cactus because that's a whole thing. People get look at me like it's you know you can't do eat cactus and you can. Um, I don't know if I know what I'm doing with it, but it's I've had it and it's delicious. Like even on tacos and stuff, I've had Nepalese. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what is it like in regards to the cactus blooms? Because I'm seeing people post cactus blooms all over the place and I'm going. Una. I mean, even even Louisiana has yucca plants like and they're blooming mm-hmm. and I'm going, what's going on? That's weird. But apparently somebody planted. I don't know if it's native. I don't know, but there's like this legend of the yucca or the yucca plant um, in Louisiana. That's like a myth that um, somebody planted it to let somebody know that they were there. And it could have to do with pirates at the back in the day. I don't know, but there's like these crazy Mm -hmm. stories. 
of this beautiful plant. But and you guys are in the foothills, so you do get the cactus naturally. But everyone has different bloom times. Like it now is the time where you know it's it's certain. Like the I think we were talking about this before, Manuel. The the um, night blooming cereus would happen around this time. But everyone's different. Every you know all the when when does your cactus bloom in your area? Or what do you well, think is going to happen this year? I should say, or has yeah, it happened? <laughs> the, our our cactus bloom. It depends on the cat. The our cactus. We had just a few species, but. There are some that are really large and beautiful. Uh, two years ago, I posted that that you know that this one particular variety that has large, large white blooms. It's a beautiful mm. uh, flower that it only blooms over one night. Mm. And uh, and I told him this is the date that we think it's going to bloom. You know, and so I said, yeah, this is going to bloom because I can tell it's going to open tomorrow. And it was really funny because the next day I went to the gardens and I seen like you know forty people in the garden and I said to myself. <laughs> wonder what's going on over there <laughs> yeah people came from all over they were probably i don't know these people from everywhere came to see those darn things blue it was really funny oh, I, wow. I never imagined people would come and some people came pretty good distances to see those flowers but wow. there's one cactus wow. that the name of the variety is not on the tip of my tongue but uh, it's just beautiful, huge it's flowers. The the, the mm -hmm. bumblebees and the carpenter bees love them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and so I, I, you know, it was it was amazing. A lot, a lot of people were interested in them. But that that's what I was saying. It's so amazing what you grow and what's native to, you know. And then all of a sudden you go up the hill, and next thing you know, you're in a giant sequoia forest. You know, mm -hmm. it's yes. absolutely oh, mind blowing yes. the diversity that yes. you have. Um, if, and and you all, see the all the oak the trees. Oh, mm -hmm. oh! I love the ferns. All the ferns under the sequoias, and, mm -hmm. and you like how are they placed so perfectly? Well, you know, it's just, and then the smell, the fragrance. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like all the oak trees. I love oak trees. I think we have, we've had a situation in California too about protecting the live oaks, right? Do you think this weather helped? Um, with the oak trees getting stronger but i know they've had some maybe bug issues i don't know what it was in, in what you know there's different areas that have had the issues so i don't know if that's been in in your area in the central valley but the oak trees i don't know there's something special about them they're so yeah, well motherly. Yeah, there's been a thing called the, the sudden oak syndrome you know and it's mm. a, a disease that attacks uh, oak trees and there's some really strong uh, uh uh, regulations on the, you know, their, the, for example, all the nurseries like Monroe here, they mm -hmm. test all their their plants for that uh, sudden oak syndrome because mm. it's a real deadly to to oaks. Mm. And um, wow. so, yeah, one year, for example, uh, the the nursery was quarantined, and you know, I, I I was thinking, man, they might go out of business because they weren't able to move, you know, to certain parts of the country, they were not able to move any of their plants because they found one container that had the disease <laughs> but, oh gosh but that's where it goes but overall this year you know the the oak trees because we have a number of species of oak trees the trees up on the foothills they they've been in a in a probably 30 year drought where they really haven't had any rain and so this year they took a big big drink and i'm sure that they're storing all that water <laughs> oh. because they, they they finally look healthy you know um 
we had, you know, there, there, to me, when you look at the foothills, when you first start climbing, the foot, the, at the very beginning, the trees are very small. They're dwarfed. They're like bonsais mm-hmm. because they don't grow very much. Mm-hmm. But then as you get it to areas where you like the Valley Oaks and you have water going through there, the trees are huge. They're big, big, they're like the Valley Oaks. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of species. But, yeah, it uh, the weather actually was very, very good for the oaks this mm-hmm. year. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. And what are some of the cool. other trees people can see in the garden? Because I know tree shade is a big deal that you want in California, for sure, with the sunshine. But what what yeah. are some of the other trees that people can experience? Well, we have a collection of uh, uh, sycamore species and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, poplars, which are like the cottonwoods, oh. different species of cottonwoods. And those are monstrous mm-hmm. trees. And you know, we have trees that are about 15 years old, but they're probably well over 100 feet tall. And the trunks are really wide, but they grow real fast. We put them in areas where we had, you know, because of the lake, we have areas where there's seepage and we had like a, a swamp back over there. So we talked to some experts mm. and decided on the species to plant it. And the cottonwoods are perfect because they suck up all the water. You know, mm-hmm. uh, right now, for example, the the lawns are really beautiful underneath the trees. But the trees, you know, any excess water, they take it up and use it. And so, yeah. Yeah. But there's another species too. You know, we have uh, 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 just a little bit of everything out there. But uh, what we'll be planning to do, I, I mentioned earlier, we're going to uh, try to finish the the eastern garden, the 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 coniferous forest. And that right there, we plan to plant all the all the species that occur in the Sierras. So there'll probably be over a dozen species of, of conifers that we plant on the far east end. We've already started oh, planting wow. a few, and we mm-hmm. hope by this fall to be able to plant a full complement of those trees back there, as well as some of the native plants that, that uh, grow with them. Cool. As I recall, you have um, some olive trees and walnut trees, or am I wrong about the walnut? Yes. Maybe. We we have walnut trees, several varieties of walnuts. Uh, we used to have a we had to have several uh, trees, but they, many of them were taken. <laughs> it's one oh. of those things in gardens and people. Yeah, so right oh. now all that's left of our little little baby orchard is one tree. People like oh. olives. Oh, apparently, but, but do they know they have to yes. prepare them? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. You can't just eat them. Yeah, isn't that right. prepared? You have to soak them in lye water and all sorts of yeah, things. yeah. You do, yeah. Or squeeze soak them, them in the poison, and they'll <laughs> yeah, they'll yeah. Remove all the other poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Or or make oil. Squeeze them for oil. Like I want the, the yeah. oil. So that's so what, good. That's the that's the the area Manuel's been talking about. That's the area we call our natural habitat area mm. because it has oh. those sycamores and those poplars. And the mm-hmm. walnut trees, oak trees, and yeah. so and the oak trees. And this year, for some reason, we got baby oak trees coming, being born throughout the garden. Oh, and I just say, oh, just Mama, let them live, let them live. Mama Nature does what she needs to do because she knows better what she needs yeah. than we do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, exactly. and we're always like trying to make nature do what we want. I love that. I love and, that. It's, and then we can't. We it's really so can't exciting. make nature do what we want. Nature's I think it's exciting. Do. I'm excited yeah, to hear but, about the, the oak trees because it's like you never oh, know what yeah. an acorn can become. You know, the legend of the acorn. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's special. So uh, before you go, uh, Olga, I hear that you're selling mm-hmm. fireworks. Um, and no, you will not <laughs> explode the garden. That's the first thing. No. But um, you've got a fundraiser going on uh, for before the 4th of July, right? Through June. 
Yes. Uh, that you're, yes. Okay. So how do people it, get fireworks the, from you? We set up a booth in the city of Woodlake. And uh, I think the first day we start selling is uh, the second and July the third and the fourth. Uh, okay. The, the first to the fourth. Oh, of uh, Fourth of July, July weekend. One, three, four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so, and and when you get your fireworks, do not take them into the garden. You've got to take no. them. No. Careful with them. <laughs> I know. And if, I, you know, if people are coming to the berry tasting day, uh -huh. which is June tenth. From eight to three, eight to noon. I suggest that if they're going to bring their elderly folks, you know, as we get older, our hair sort of thins out at the top. You know, put a hat on them or a cap because it's it gets warm out there, and I notice they start to get a little bit red faced. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, and just yeah. like the infant, yeah. you know. Put yeah, a hat on Holland, we call that wonky donkey. Yeah, <laughs> wonky donkey. <laughs> wonky donkey. You start moment. walking weird. Yeah, well, it's true. And is that what's going on with my forehead? Like somehow, yeah, like got now, the wonky donkey. I got the wonky donkey hair. It's going away. It's it, somehow it's going. It's it's true. It's like it's it, it is. It's going away. Uh, it's such mm -hmm. a, a joy to have you both back on the show. This has to be our annual thing. We need to do this every spring. Have you guys mm -hmm. on our show? Um, to talk about the garden, given garden update. And um, before you go, uh, Manuel, it's open every day, right? Until what time of year for people? Well, this, this time of the year, we're open only three days, which is Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from okay. 9 a.m. to uh, till 3 p.m. However, if we're working on the west side of our garden, you know, we allow people to come in while we're there. And then, of course, they have to leave when we leave. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, people, have, especially people, you know, tourists that come and they come from far, um, if, if they call us and we happen to be uh, near the entrance, we let people in. So Oh, that's mm -hmm. really nice. And they may put you to work, that's which sweet. is good. But um, oh, everyone, yeah, put them <laughs> yeah, you never know. Or, and But you'll get, you know, you'll get fed in that garden. It's delicious. Um, but everyone, oh, yeah. if you go to Woodlake Botanical Garden on Facebook, right, that's where people, that's the best way yeah. for everyone to keep up. Um, yeah. Emmanuel's got the Facebook thing going. He's going to have to give us all lessons. He's 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 mm. working it, man. Uh, so keep up with him there. And again, planning your trip to uh, California Sequoia Country. There are things open, some things closed, like Crystal Cave. Um, you know that was you know they were working on that anyway because of the fires, and that's been going to be closed for the rest of this year. But you know, let's all stay positive on everything. There are still trees you can experience in nature. There's so much but, to do. Um, there really is like up in, in three rivers, our friend Christy Wood, she, you know, takes people out on horseback rides in the foothills, which is beautiful right now. The rivers are flowing. It's a beautiful, beautiful time of the year to go to Tulare mm -hmm. County. And, you know, when things aren't always open the same way, this is a time to explore all these other hidden gems that are that mm -hmm. make up this region. And there's so many communities. The communities all know about food. Listen, they know how to grow it. They know how to serve it. I'm serious. If you mm -hmm. want to have good food, go to Tulare County. Um, you will not be disappointed. I don't care what town you go to. There's something delicious. There's public mm -hmm. art. There's history. There's all those roadside farmers market stands, those farmer stands. I'm telling mm -hmm. you, you haven't had a plum until you've eaten a plum in Tulare County in season. When do you think that's going to happen? 
Like when you can just bite into a plum. Oh my gosh, to get well, a good plum is like the most special thing on on planet Earth. Like it really the, the is. The first that ripens, yeah. The first one that ripens in the garden is Santa Rosa, and it is one of the mm. most fragrant. And it's oh. a like a Santa Rosa is like a I don't know what they call those candies. They're they're super sweet at the blossom end, and as you go down, they get sour. And so I love you that. talk about waking up the, the taste buds. You wake up it 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 first the fragrance wakes you up, and it's so delicious. It's sweet, and it turns sweet and sour. Then find it that the bottom part of the plum is a little mm. bit sour, and and man, all those flavors, you know, they do wake up all your senses. You know, your 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 first are beautiful. Your sight, your 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 palate. It's just it's uh, something that you know, especially kids will not forget because I know they love that sweet and sour. <laughs> yeah, we love those sweet and sour yeah, things. That, that yeah, usually happens. Awesome. That, yeah, that usually happens sometime in 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 June. Everyone, it's but time. after that, we have varieties that ripen. And for in the county, there's 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 plums from um, uh, normally from May till August or September. Oh, wow. so really? There's a lot of different fruit. Yes. So mm. everyone, okay, I'm I'm serious. The plums there are incredible. I mean, the stone fruit, mm-hmm. the citrus, all of it is incredible, and you can get it that was harvested that day. That is amazing. So. DiscoverTheSequoias.com is the website for the area to plan your trip. Uh, we are here every first Thursday on BigBlendRadio.com, talking about Tulare County, uh, everything from museums to festivals and events to the parks, the forest. Uh, we'll be talking about lakes, I believe, next month. So that makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, a lot of water is happening in California, and you can actually yeah. really go out and have fun, mm-hmm. go fishing, go floating, all that good stuff. So thank you both for joining us. It's a true pleasure. Manuel and Olga. It was our pleasure. Thank it's you. Good to connect again. Awesome. We'll see you soon. And Olga, we're coming. We're coming to have oranges with you next time and go to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make a little correction. Oh, they're forbidding oh. people to go into the into the rivers. Oh yeah, the rivers is not a good idea. The lakes, the yeah, the lakes. There's yeah. certain lake things. Yeah, the rivers right now are flowing. You do not want to jump in. You'll. You'll be yeah. swept, to, oh, they're, they're swept actually, to the ocean. It's actually, dangerous. Yeah, they're close to the public. Yeah, the mm-hmm. rivers okay. are dangerous because of the snow melt and incredible snow melt. Um, but the lake areas like Lake Success, places like that, um, Kawea Lake, uh, those are open. Um, and mm-hmm. you, yeah, you can you can get permits if you need one and things like that. But you're absolutely right. Be careful about rivers, even in you know mm-hmm. hiking around in the parks. Um, what you, you could is, end up in New York. You no, you'll end up you'll end up in Hawaii. <laughs> it's like, hello, just, I'm just going to take you here. Bye. No, it's not funny. And that water is cold. I remember yeah, being there one spring doing a hike, and mm-hmm. then we got really, really hot. We were hiking all through the granite and marble. I think I don't know. I'm going to get every word and name wrong. Uh, to Copa, mm-hmm. I think it was that trail up to a waterfall. And we got back down the bottom and I'm like, oh man, I'm taking my hiking boots off, putting my feet in that water. You want to talk about Uh a wake up call? Holy cow. No, 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 no. And no, (laughs) it's cold. When they talk Uh about snowpack, they're talking about frozen ice that's melting. And yeah, that doesn't need you. Yeah. If you want to, you know, no, (laughs) (laughs) there it is. Don't go in there. It's cold. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. You take care. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Big Blend Radio. Thanks, guys. And goodbye.